You guys can have a seat. Man, I don't want to leave that moment. That was good. Um, so you guys know that we've been going through a uh, Lord's Supper series called Remember. And uh, so for the past few weeks, we've been talking about different aspects of the Lord's Supper, right? I'm sure most of you have, uh, have heard of that, have maybe even taken part in the Lord's Supper. But I hope you've gotten a little bit out of it. Like, you know, who's it for? What does it mean? And tonight we're going to take it uh, a little bit more personal. And, uh, and you're like, well, how are we going to do that? Like, we've been personal this whole time. And uh, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians tonight, chapter 11. And so, like, we're going to approach it from a different standpoint tonight. Uh, so instead of being in the Gospels, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Um, and our whole issue tonight, our whole question is, why is it so serious? So the Lord's Supper, we've looked at... Uh, who's it for? We looked at what does it mean, and tonight is going to be why is it so serious. And so I, I just, man, I, I just, my prayer tonight is that, uh, you know, is that you guys see it personally for what it is tonight, um, and which is why at the end we're going to take the Lord's Supper, uh, and we're going to actually take part in that and really see uh, the significance of that. And so I don't know if all you guys got a little Lord's Supper packet, so maybe raise your hand if you didn't. So some folks can come around and get you one. Can somebody get them one? Uh, and so, yeah, all of you guys who, uh, who don't have one. And so, uh, and so at the end of the service, we're just going to kind of dive into that. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34, literally, uh, literally deals with that, right? And so as we go through this, it literally uh, is titled, correcting an abuse of the Lord's Supper. And so, uh, and so this is really why, why it's so serious tonight. And so three things that we're going to get really personal about tonight, about your own life, right? A lot of times I say, hey, act as if I am talking to you one-on-one -on -one tonight. And that is literally what tonight is all about, as if it is one-on-one uh, -on -one and what your job is through the Lord's Supper. So as you take the Lord's Supper, as like tonight, as we take the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes, what does it mean as we take this Lord's Supper on a personal note? Not just all those years ago, but on a personal, personal note. So look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. It says, uh, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or have died. 
But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you shall eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further directions. And so obviously this is not in a live manner like we have been talking about the past couple weeks, right? Obviously we are not at the table with these guys taking the Lord's Supper. This is in 1 Corinthians looking back on what has happened in the Gospels. And so what is the first thing that we see tonight? Number one, you are proclaiming salvation when you take part in the Lord's Supper. You're proclaiming salvation. Verse 26, mark this verse down if you're taking notes. Verse 26 says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And I just like, I just want to ask you on a personal level, and don't raise your hand or anything, but like how many of you actually see the Lord's Supper as proclaiming salvation? Like how many of you, whenever you truly take the Lord's Supper, right, this thing that is kind of rare, you know, you do it maybe once a semester or whatever in the church or whatever your church does, how many of you truly see it as something so serious as you proclaiming salvation whenever you take the Lord's Supper, right? And that is the reality of what he's telling us. He is saying you proclaim, and that, that's the main word there, highlight that or underline that, do something. He says you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I, I, love, I love how this word is here for a very specific reason. We talk about it all the time. If it's in Scripture, it's there for a very specific reason. So mark this down. I, I love how one guy said it. He said proclaim is the same word that's translated preach in other places. When we take communion, we are preaching a sermon to God himself, to the devil, and to all his allies, and to the world who watches. Have you ever thought about the Lord's Supper in this type of way? Like as you, as you take it, it says, Scripture says you are proclaiming something. You are proclaiming a truth whenever you eat this bread and drink this juice, right? And so as you proclaim, you're like, well, Scripture, what do you mean by proclaim? Like how, how, how far do I proclaim this as I take this Lord's Supper? And really it is translated into preach. Like you are literally preaching a sermon, but it's not like on a Wednesday night whenever I'm up here, right? It's not just on a Wednesday night whenever I'm preaching or teaching you guys. No, it is literally a sermon. It is, you're preaching a sermon to God himself, right? That's the first thing, to God himself. And then it goes further. You go to the devil and all of his allies and even to the world who watches you take this communion, this Lord's Supper, right? And so this is a pretty big deal. As we take the Lord's Supper, we are proclaiming salvation. We are proclaiming something that's extraordinary to this world, something that's literally out of this world. And so as you take it, as we are going to take it tonight at the end of service, I need you guys to have this in mind. Like as you take it, you are proclaiming a message that lasts for all of eternity. You are proclaiming something, not just in the moment, but you're proclaiming something that will last forever and ever and ever. And here's the reality about this, is that people, they should be able to see the reality of salvation through how serious you treat the Lord's Supper. People around you, th this quote says that people, you're preaching a sermon to people around you, to the world, to God himself, to the devil himself, to all of his allies. You're preaching a sermon. And so here's, here's what you need to see is that they should be able to see the reality of salvation, of this God's salvation, right? Because preaching salvation isn't simply going up to someone at school and sharing and witnessing to them. That's great. I would encourage you to do that all the time. 
We do encourage you to do that all the time. Hopefully, we equip you to do that. But at the same time, as you, as you see this, as you approach salvation, you need to see that the Lord's Supper is a part of that proclamation. The Lord's Supper is serious enough to say, listen, there is a deeper meaning that is not just for this life. It is not just for this week, not just for this day, not just for how I feel, not just for what I'm going through, but there's a deeper meaning that means salvation. And so in other words, as I take this Lord's Supper, as I take this bread and this cup, I am saying, listen, I am serving a God who has given everything for my behalf. As I take this Lord's Supper, I'm going to preach to you a sermon. I am proclaiming to you that Jesus Christ really is who he says he is. Like, he has changed my life, and I'm a testimony of what he has done inside of my life. And guess what? He can do it for you, too. He can do it for the people inside of your life. See, as we take this, we are simply ushering God's salvation to other people. And through the Lord's Supper, don't, don't try to act one way and go live another way. Right? That is not what Scripture is teaching here. It's teaching that as you take this, it is a serious matter that even reflects the gift and the issue of salvation. And so here's what this means. Because of the Lord's Supper, you have the ability to reach out to someone's soul and give it directions for all of eternity. You need to see this. You need to let this sink into you tonight. As you take the Lord's Supper because of what the Lord's Supper means inside of your life, inside of my life, inside of Scripture, you have the ability. Have you ever thought about this? Cottage Hill College, zone in with me real quick. Tune in. Have you ever thought about this, that you have the ability, you, God has given you the ability to reach out to someone's soul and give it directions and saying, listen, I know what you're living for. I've been there and I've done that. I know what you're, what you're saying every day. I've been there, done that right? I know the actions you're taking every day. I've been there, done that. But listen, as I take this Lord's Supper, this is a covenant between me and God, and I'm showing you, right, there is something greater to live by. And so as you are taking it, you're not simply just throwing some stuff back, throwing some juice back, and throwing some bread back. No, you are saying, hey, listen, let my soul talk to your soul really quick. Let me show you that there's something greater to live for in this life. There's something greater to live for in college. There's something greater that God has created you for, and just think of the opportunities, Cottage Hill College. This is why we exist. We don't exist for a big gathering. We exist to show people there is salvation for their soul. There is hope for their soul. There is life for their soul. And so as we take this, you need to realize God has given you the opportunity and the ability to say, listen, I'm going to get one-on-one with someone's soul, and I'm going to show you that this is what you need because it has changed my life. Jesus Christ has changed my life, and so therefore I am celebrating, I am remembering him, and I am showing him that, listen, this life is not about me, God, but it is about you. So here's the deal. You need to be very careful of how you direct someone's soul. You need to be very careful. Because the question is not, am I going to direct someone's soul? The question is not, am I going to give direction for someone's eternity? We all give direction. It just, matter, it just matters where are you pointing them in that direction. Where are you pointing them? Where are you pointing their soul? Because if we truly exist to show people who Jesus Christ is, we're going to say, listen, this life is not about me, it's not about you, but it's about what Jesus Christ has done for all of us. And so therefore, I know I'm an agent of change inside of this world. And so what that means is that I'm going to live every single day realizing that I have the authority, I have the ability by God himself to say, listen, I am going to set an example. 
I'm going to set an example how I take this Lord's Supper. So that's the very first thing. You are to proclaim salvation as you take the Lord's Supper. Number two, you are examining yourself as you take the Lord's Supper. Verses 28 and 29. Scripture keeps going. It says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. You are examining yourselves. And this is where we're going to get really personal tonight, right? Uh, it, it, we're not, we're not going to look at our neighbors. We're not going to look at the people around us. No. The, one of the main points, one of the most intimate points of the Lord's Supper is to truly get one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ himself. We're not talking a quiet time. We're not talking prayer over your food time. We're talking, okay, God, I'm going to examine myself right now. Okay, God, I know that I am, as I take this, God, I am going to examine my soul, my motives, my words, my actions. Everything about me, God, I'm going to examine them. This is what 28 and 29 is telling us. It keeps going. It says everyone ought to examine. There's that word, examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is one of the main points of the Lord's Supper is to realize that you're a sinner and God is not. Realize that you need Jesus Christ. This is one of the biggest points of the Lord's Supper. And here's, here's what I need you to understand about examining yourself. Don't examine yourself to see if you're worthy because the reality is you will never be worthy. Examine yourself in a way that you make sure you're honoring the Lord as you take the Lord's Supper. So many people think they have to clean themselves up to come to Jesus Christ. And that is the most unbiblical thing I've ever heard in my life, right? You don't clean yourselves up. No, the whole point in going to Jesus Christ is saying, God, here is my mess. And so, Lord, I trust you that you're going to change it around to a 180 called repentance. You're going to change all of my life. You're going to change my sins. You're going to change my mess-ups. And, God, you're going to create it for your glory. You're going to change my life for your glory. And so as you examine yourself, you're like, well, what does that look like inside of my life? Don't examine yourself to see if you're worthy. If that's the case, you'll never take part in the Lord's Supper. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. That's just the reality of who we are. We're sinners. We're rebels against God. And so don't, don't say, okay, God, well, I'm not worthy, so I'm just not going to take part. No, that, that's not the point. You will never be worthy. Examine yourself in a way that you make sure that you're honoring the Lord as you take it. Examine yourself and say, listen, God, I know as I take this, I know this is a commitment to you. This isn't a ritual. This isn't a religion. This is a commitment to you. And as I examine myself, Lord Jesus, I am going to love you more and more. I'm not going to try to be a better person. No, God, that's not what Christianity is. I'm not going to be a better person. I'm going to love you, God, and as I love you, my life is transformed. And I know through the Lord's Supper, God wants to see transformation. It's not just remembrance, but it's also transformation. And so use this time in your life during the Lord's Supper to ask God to examine your sins and remove any desires you may have that don't honor him. This is how you get up close and personal, is that you use the time as you are taking the Lord's Supper. Like, so right now, this would be a great idea. As you are listening, as you are getting ready to take the Lord's Supper, use it to ask God. Say, God, I need you to sift my sins out of me, God. Take away all desires that are not of you. God, I need you to really look at me, and I need you to do surgery on my soul, because I'm not where I need to be with you. And that includes all of us right? And so as we, as we approach God, say, God, examine my sins. Remove any desires, God, that, that I may have that don't honor you. God, remove all these things. As we examine ourselves, God is taking away from us. Do you see this? As you examine yourself, there's nothing to be left behind because we're all, we're all horrible, right? And so as you examine yourselves, God will then 
take from you and give you what he has. Do you see this? As you examine, get honest with God. Not like he doesn't already know, but say, God, I understand I have these desires that do not honor you. I have these actions and these words, everything else that does not honor you. So, God, what I need you to do is I need you to do what only you can do, and I need you to sift my soul. I need you to take out everything that does not honor you, everything that is not pleasing to you. So use this time as a time to examine your own sin, not your person beside you, your own sin. Don't compare it to anybody, but your own sin where you have failed God. Use it, examine that sin, and at the same time, allow God to give you better motives. Allow God to give you a more of a love for who he is. That is the whole point in all of this. I love how one guy put it. He said the idea here is not to keep people away from the table of communion, but to prepare them to receive it the right way. And so I'm, I'm not up here tonight trying to do this to you, right? I'm not up here trying to say, hey, listen, you know what? If, if you don't have your, all your life together, then you need to walk out these doors and not take part in this. I'm, I'm not saying that. That's not the point of this. The idea is not to keep you away or, or, or make you scared of maybe taking part in the Lord's Supper. That's, that's not the point of tonight. The whole point is to prepare you to receive it the right way. Because a lot of us, we have gotten really good at receiving all the good things all the wrong ways. That's what we've gotten good at. And we've made it a ritual, we've made it a religion, and we said, okay, well, I'm going to take part in this because what everybody else says, and I'll look weird if I don't. No, the whole goal here is to prepare yourself to receive it in a way that honors the Lord, in a way that sifts the sin out of your own life, in a way that you go to battle with yourself as you take it, saying, God, I know nothing about me is worthy of you. But God, by your grace and through the Lord's Supper, I see that I am connected to God the Father forever with this new communion, with this new covenant, with this new commitment by your blood like we learned about last week. So what is the third thing? All right, so number one, you are proclaiming salvation. Number two, you are examining yourself. Number three, you are being selfless when you take part in the Lord's Supper. You are being selfless. Verses 30 through 32. Verse 30 starts out by saying, That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. And you know, this is where it all falls in line with everything that it means to be a Christian. I say all the time in here that as you, become, as you make the decision to become a Christian and follow Jesus, life is not about you anymore. As, you make, as I made the decision to follow Jesus when I was nine years old, I understood one thing. Life is not about me anymore. Life will never be about me anymore. Why? Because I've given my life to this God and to this cause. And so as you take the Lord's Supper, you are literally being the most selfless besides the act of salvation and giving God your heart and your soul. This is the part where you are being the most selfless that you could ever be on this planet. And so... I love how as you take the Lord's Supper in the right way, you're taking the attention off of yourself and putting it on Jesus. That is the basics of what the Lord's Supper is, right? As you're being selfless, as you take it in the right way, that's the key. As you take it in the right way, you're taking the attention off of yourself and putting it on Jesus. And we need to see this. This isn't just to do with salvation. This isn't just to do with church. But it's even with the Lord's Supper. 
Do you guys see that? Like as you take the Lord's Supper, as you take it in the right way, our whole idea, our plan is to get the spotlight off of ourselves. Our plan and our whole goal, which is very achievable, is to get the spotlight off of ourselves and to look to Jesus, not only us, but to allow the others around our lives, again, be an example, help other people, right, to allow them to look up and see a greater picture of what it means to take the Lord's Supper. And so as we take it, you're taking the attention off of yourself and putting it on Jesus. This is the big deal. Put the attention on Jesus. And so here's what the Lord's Supper is a reminder of. It's a reminder of our weakness. But there's good news. It also reassures us of God's strength. As you take the Lord's Supper and as it is totally selfless, it's a reminder of your weakness. So you should be reminded of how weak you really are. If you're truly being selfless by taking the Lord's Supper, you're going to be reminded that you have nothing to offer God at all. Nothing. You're going to be reminded that, that God doesn't need you, but he loves you. God, God is not up on his throne just hoping and praying that you help him in his mission to reach the world. He doesn't need us, right? He doesn't need us. But as you take part in it, you need to see it is a reminder that you, Cottage Hill College, you're weak. You have nothing to offer God. Same with me. I'm weak. I have nothing to offer God. And so as we realize that we are weak, we're fragile, we have nothing to offer, like there's no point in trying to say, God, I, I'm going I'm to give you everything I have because he don't need us. He wants us and he loves us. But at the same time, we are reassured of his strength. And this is where the bulk of the Lord's Supper comes in handy, right? As we see our weakness, do you see this? We are seeing our strength. We're seeing his strength. As we see how weak we are, we're seeing how strong he is. As we see what we can't offer, we are seeing that he was the ultimate sacrifice. As we see that we have nothing to contribute to the cross, we have nothing to contribute to him rising again, we are seeing that, God, all the attention is on you. All the, all the, everything is on you, God. As I give up myself, as I give up my strength, as I give up everything I know I don't have, God, I'm hopeful because, God, my salvation doesn't depend on me. My friend's salvation doesn't depend on them. But, God, our hope is in you and in your cross. And as we, as we approach our life in this way, God will use you. As you approach your life in a way that says, I am weak, but he is strong. I have nothing to offer eternity, but God has brought eternity to us. I, I, have, I have nothing to give the God of the universe. But you know what? He's still after your soul. He's still after your heart. So be reminded of how weak you are because whenever you are reminded of that, you will also be reassured that he has got this. He's got it. He's in control. He's sovereign over it all. So the last thing you guys need to hear, the Lord's Supper, it beckon, beckons us tonight to lay our life down just as Jesus did. As we remember him, we take actions for our own life. Do you see this? The Lord's Supper, it literally, it beckons you, which means that like, it, like there is no other option. As you take it, that means that you have understood that you have laid your life down for the sake of this gospel, for the sake of eternal life, not just for you, but also for the whole world 
for your friends, right? For the ones that you work with, for the ones that you go to school with, for your relationships. And so as you lay your life down, as Jesus did, you're following Jesus' example. As we remember him, we take actions for our own life. Can I just remind you that God has done everything, Jesus has done everything to get to your soul tonight. But now it is up to you what happens from here. It's up to you. Besides Jesus making the decision for you, it is up to you. He has come. He has left an example. He has died. He has risen again. He's, done, he's left us an example of the Lord's Supper. He's done all these things. He said, remember me. Remember me. Don't just be a good person. Don't just be good examples, but remember me. Some of you, tonight, it's time for you to take actions for your own life. And you know this. As we've been discussing for the past couple weeks, who's it for? We know it is the Lord's Supper is for those who have given their life to Jesus, right? It's for those who have chosen to follow him. You may be like, man, that's news to me. I never realized that. That is what Scripture teaches tonight. We know that it is for those who have given their lives up and said, God, you have your way with my life. Right? What does it mean? We know that it means like it's a new covenant. It's a new covenant. As we take part in it, we remember what Jesus has done for us. Not in a ritual, not in a religion, but to say that, God, I need you to reignite the fire that you put in me from day one. I need you to reignite the fire of salvation. Not just for my own sake, but God, there are lost people all around me. There are people who don't know you. And if we don't all, every single one of us exists for this, why are we here? Why are we here? So as we take this Lord's Supper here in just one minute, if you don't mean it, if you don't follow him, then don't take it. It's, that's fine. Don't, don't take part in it. That's fine. But if you do follow him, you need to take it serious. And you need to say, God, take my sin from me. I don't want it. You need, my prayer for you is that you get so sick of your sin that you have no appetite. That you get so sick of doing wrong against God that you can't eat anymore. You can't hang out with your friends anymore because you've got to get right with God. And that is what you were created for. So I love how we look up. We look back up in verse 24. If you have your Lord's Supper stuff, go ahead and take it out. Verse 24 says, walks us through what the Gospels tell us. It says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And some of you may have trouble getting yours open like I did the first time. I kind of pre-peeled mine just to cheat. So go ahead and peel this first layer back just where the bread is. It says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, All right, this is the red letter, so this is Jesus. On a personal level, he is saying, this is my body, which is for you. Do it in remembrance of me. And so it keeps going. And so verse 25, as you peel your juice back, verse 25 says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, just like we're doing right now. He said, this cup is my new covenant, which we learned about last week. It's my new covenant 
in my blood, because of my blood, there's a new covenant. And he says, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So here's the deal. I want you guys, as we close this series out tonight, I want it to be our goal, and I love how Luke threw this prayer aspect into it, inside of worship. But I want us to be a college group, guys. I'm not, I'm not joking. I can't tell you how much I'm not joking. We have the ability to be a college group that reaches every single person. We shouldn't be happy with 150, 160, 200 people. We shouldn't be happy with that. As we are serious about God, we will get serious about our relationship. As we get serious about our relationship, we will get others on fire for him as well. So my challenge to you as we go into this invitation time, get serious. Number one, about your hatred of sin, and number two, about your love for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, we will transform, Jesus Christ will transform not only this group, but he will transform this whole city. So use this time. Get on your knees, come to this altar. Like put your face in your chair. Do whatever you have to do. But get serious about who he is. Because if we don't, then it's all pointless. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you. Lord, once again for the Lord's Supper, God, and what it means, God, how you have called us, Lord, to, God, a life of seriousness tonight. God, we're all adults. We're all grown in here. God, we, it's time we get serious. God, it's time we get serious first about our relationship, God, and also about what you have called us to do inside of this life. So God, tonight, as the band leads us, God, and in this invitation, I pray, God, that you, would, that you would see hearts that are broken. God, that you would see people who are broken over their sin. God, that you would see a college group, God, that cannot stand to not witness on your behalf, God. That cannot stand the sin that is in their life. But God, we have no other choice but to go out and to love people and to show them, God, that you have salvation. It is only found in you. God, we don't want to be a college group that takes part in the Lord's Supper and remembers your sacrifice and then forgets it as we walk out the door. God, we don't want to be that. And God, thank, thanks to you, we don't have to be that. So God, tonight, during this invitation, God, I pray that each person individually would do business with you. They wouldn't worry about anybody else. They wouldn't worry about what people are saying, what people are looking at. God, but they would do business with you. God, snatch someone's soul out of the pit of hell tonight. Jesus, we love you. God, we're thankful for you. We're serious about you. And we're serious about our relationship with you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.